G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And my guest in the studio is Pastor Alejandro Arias. He's uh, well known as the Boy Preacher. And he's uh, out in Australia preaching around. He's here in Brisbane on Wednesday night and Thursday night at New Hope. And then going to be travelling all around Australia. Married to an Aussie girl, now based in Florida in the US. And uh, we're doing a Facebook Live on my Facebook as well. Uh, So Pastor Alejandro uh, what brings you back to Australia, man? <laughs> hey, Pastor Matt, it's wonderful to see you again, and uh, thank you for having me back at Vision Radio. Um, I believe the Lord is really doing amazing things in this hour. I love Australia, and we are committed to seeing revival in Australia. Mm. So um, we are also committed to you know reaching the lost in Amen. Australia. That's and I told my board in the U.S., I said, uh, I'm going to set three times every year so that I can go to Australia mm-hmm. and just preach the gospel and, and be part of the great uh, revival that's coming here. Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to have you here at Vision. And uh, we've been talking a bit about your story this morning. Uh, you were a, a boy preacher, but at the age of seven, you gave your heart to the Lord, and then you really went through a, uh, a cancer battle. Tell us a bit of your testimony. Yes. So the Lord healed me supernaturally of a deadly tumor between my lungs my, and my heart. Um, I was given one year to live. And I just decided to trust God. You know, my mom was a believer then. My dad wasn't. And this happened in Costa Rica, where I'm originally from. And the doctors there hadn't seen a case of this rare cancer in many, many years. And in fact, that year, I think I was the second child with the same issue. And uh, they said, well, there's only two treatments. One, they said, you can pray. (laughs) That's what the doctor said. The other one is you can go to Miami and have a laser type surgery, but it's going to cost a lot of money, basically. So they gave up on me. You know, Uh, I had no other source but the Lord, you know, and so I had to trust God. And I began to pray, even though I was eight, I devoted myself to praying, believing God, standing in the word. I had already given a lot of words, and a lot of words were given to me regarding my destiny, and uh, I just knew the Lord was going to heal me. So three months went by, and uh, one day I got a prophetic word. One prophet came to, my, came to our church, and he pointed at me. He said, I believe you have a destiny. I believe you're going to be preaching all over the world. And he even said it. This is uh, word by word what he said. You will not be able to count the airports and the cities where you will be going into. Like, you will be going all over the place. And uh, I think his prophecy has been fulfilled because I've been to 50-plus nations, and I don't know how many airports I've been to uh, or how many cities, but I'm sure it's in the hundreds. Um, But the Lord has really done amazing things. But um, just going back to that, um, I received that prophetic word. I went back to the hospital the next day. They did an X-ray. You know, the doctor went through my files. Um, Three hours later, he calls me to his office. I was with my mom. 
And uh, he said, well, look, I don't understand. I went through your files. Uh, I heard about your story. I heard about the case. And I'm looking at the new x-ray here. Just not nothing makes sense. This is not adding up. And uh, he put the x-ray, you know, on the screen. And he's like, you know, trying to explain it to us. But he, trying to justify it at the same time. Maybe this was a mistake. We don't know what happened. Uh, but the, the cancer seemed to have disappeared. And I knew immediately that that was a miracle. Like he's trying to talk to my mom, you know, kind of reasoning through this experience. And, you know, doctors, especially if they don't have a strong Christian belief, um, you know, they, they just don't know what to uh, attribute a miracle to. So he basically said this either this is either the power of prayer, and I'm sure you guys prayed a lot. <laughs> he was a strong Catholic doctor. and Or this is a mistake. And he looked at the file and he's like, well, I, all I can say, this is a miracle. You know, he's looking at my x-ray. The tumor was gone. So then God replaced that tumor with a vision of preaching the gospel to uh, my friends, the neighborhood, and I began to preach the gospel in my city, in my local town. Then the, the ministry just exploded from there. Then I moved to the States at the age of 15, you know, as a teenager. So then the Lord began to open doors worldwide from there. And I heard you share a story last Sunday about preaching to a koala bear. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to share that story. Tell us that story. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when God gives you a destiny, he will always make sure to confirm that destiny even before you step out and you walk into your destiny. And this is what happened. Um, I had relatives, you know, in Nashville, and they would come to Costa Rica and, and bring stuff, you know. And so one of my aunties brought a teddy bear, and she brought me a koala. And she said, I think you're going to really like this gift. So she gave me the koala. And uh, the moment I set my eyes on that koala teddy bear, I fell in love with the koala. <laughs> so... Little did I know that I was going to have me come to Australia, that I was going to marry an Australian, that I was going to live here. You know, I lived here for four years. Uh, little did I know that God was going to just uh, have me preaching all over Australia. So God knew from the very beginning when I had that koala. And I used to pray for the koala. I used to line up my toys and have, <laughs> you know, revival meetings with the toys and lay hands on the toys and uh a lot of them heard my, my sermons and salvation, so we had uh, powerful times with the toys. <laughs> <laughs> so you've really got good qualifications to preach over here. There is what you're you saying. go. That's a good dad joke. <laughs> I you. like Thank that you. one. <laughs> uh, tell us how you met your, your amazing wife from Perth. So we met in a church meeting. She was uh, ushering, and um, you know she was in charge of the green room, and I uh, was one of the speakers at this conference. And uh, you know, I just uh, met her, and it was love at first sight for her. No, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, the coin didn't drop until a year later when I saw her again, you know. Uh, she prayed for me. We um, didn't talk for a whole year. Um, I came back to Australia. After that, three months later, she didn't come to the meetings. And I w went back to Perth. And then I was uh, asking for her. And my coordinator, who was uh, one of her best friends, um, uh, he says, uh, I, I think you like her. I think you, you, you have feelings for her, don't you? And at that point, I had never dated anyone, never had been involved in a relationship, never had been, you know, never had gone out. Or I was just uh, pretty much sold out for Jesus, uh, preaching all over the world. I was a boy preacher. So I was really protecting our ministry and protecting the, the mandate God had already given me. And so I was uh, actually, I could say that this, this is what my wife says, that I was a really 
um, obnoxious young man and <laughs> that I would just, you know, put away any girl because I had this attitude like, stay away from me, you know? Um <laughs> uh, like I wouldn't even entertain the thought, even talking to them. Like I wouldn't even go to the mall with a girl. Nothing. Mm. None of that. Never entertain a thought because I always wanted to serve the Lord, travel the world. In fact, uh, my, my pastor's friend said that I was going to end up like Paul, you know, just preaching the gospel yeah. as a single man. Anyway, so then we met a year later and uh, I managed, I mustered the courage to ask for her number and uh, I called her from Singapore while I was traveling. I was doing some circuit riding around, you know, Southeast Asia, preaching the gospel in a few churches. So I called her from Singapore, and her dad picked up the phone, but I didn't have the courage to talk to her dad, so immediately I slammed the phone down. <laughs> I hung up, and then I called her again, and she picked up the phone this time. So we talked, and it was an hour later that we'd realized we wanted to become friends, and so... Uh, you know, good old Skype. I downloaded the application, and then she downloaded the application. We both started talking, and we became really good friends over a period of four months where we were praying together, talking, and, you know, sharing different experiences. She was already doing ministry in her local church and traveling, and God had already given her a lot of ideas. And so, you know, the Lord gave us, uh, you know, different prophetic words, and we followed the will of God, and... Uh, Four months later, we became a boyfriend-girlfriend. Then three years later, we uh, got engaged, and then we got married just a few months later after that. So um, the Lord really blessed us, and uh, you know, now we have two... Well, we've been married for 11 years, and we have two beautiful daughters, you know, Kiriel, who is nine, and Celeste, who is um, four years old, mm-hmm. So, and we live in Orlando. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're sweet little girls, your, your two little girls, and uh, your wife's amazing as well. She's actually released a book a while back, and yeah. I think she's working on a, a children's book or something at the moment, is she? That's right. Yeah, yeah it's coming out in the fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're it? excited about it. So her book that she wrote was about the book of Revelation, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Revelation Ready. And yep. People can look it up online. They can go to our website mm-hmm. and they can look it up on Amazon, uh, Revelation Ready by Rebecca Arias. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she's coming out with a different resource. This time is for little girls, so 12 princesses of the Bible. Wow. And she has written almost like a, a booklet, mm-hmm. you know, with drawings. And uh, she's got a lot of creative ideas. I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm blessed beyond my, my socks. Wonderful, mate. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you've been traveling all around the world uh, recently. Uh, Tell us about some of your recent travels. Well, I had just gone to Ethiopia where the Lord did amazing things. And uh, I preached uh, in a three-day stadium crusade. We had 26,000 people. And uh, Ethiopia is one of those places where you need, uh, obviously, you need to have really good coordinators, really good people working on the ground. There's a lot going on in Ethiopia and a lot of religious uh, spirits floating around, you know, very religious nation. So we actually saw an amazing move of God, and we had 560 salvations registered during the crusade. Wow. And they were telling us that that was actually a miracle because that doesn't really happen because Ethiopians are very much either hardcore Coptic or Muslims or this or mm. the other. And so when you have a crusade, a mass mm. crusade, you gather all the believers, but the unbelievers, they don't want to know about the church, you know, because mm. most of them think, well, I'm a Coptic or I'm, I'm a Muslim or I'm, mm. I'm this or that. A very religious nation. And I found it fascinating, you know, when the Lord started touching people and dance, there were people dancing, you know, in the stadium, uh, worshiping the Lord. The miracles were 
outstanding. You know, it got touched a lot of people. We saw people leaving their, um, you know, their crutches, their walking canes, and some people had uh, issues with their eyesight. The Lord touched them and healed them. We also saw a lady, two ladies came to the stage and said, you know, we had large tumors and the Lord uh, touched us and the tumors disappeared. And so we had some amazing testimonies. Mm. It, w- it was a wonderful time. Mm. Wonderful, mate. And uh, of course, uh, if people want to search up your ministry, uh, they can also find out uh, about your uh, upcoming itinerary. Uh, you know, we've got you at New Hope Brisbane this Wednesday and Thursday night, 7 p.m. Yes. Looking forward to that. And then no, do you know where you're here. traveling to after that? You're all around the country, aren't you? <laughs> yes. So I'll be yeah. in Taree. I'll be Tari, preaching Tari, yes, yep, yep. in New South Wales, and I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they can go to my Facebook page, yep. uh, PS Alejandro Arias, uh-huh. um, and uh, maybe you can... Uh, Share a link with yep. the audience. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, they can see my itinerary. Yep, fantastic. So, um, Good to know you're traveling around Australia. And, and then after that, I'm going to Sydney. I'll be in Minto, New South Wales. Minto and Sydney. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, this coming Sunday. Fantastic. At the Four Square Gospel Church. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good. Good to see that uh, the Lord's opening doors for you. And I'm also curious a bit about some of the books you've written over the years. I remember reading uh, Friends of His Presence a few years ago. Tell us about that one. Well, that's a collection of uh, my sermons over many years, Mm -hmm. you know, on the anointing, the presence of God, how to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so when I wrote my first book, Boy Preacher, I had Mm. a lot of sermons already built into that book. Mm. And the editors went like, you know, if you want to write a biography, you need to leave the sermons aside. You need to Mm. put them aside. So. Uh, I basically used all of my sermons, put that book together, Friends of His Presence. That only took me two years, that mm-hmm. one. Whereas Boy Preacher took me seven years to write because mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, a lengthier book. It's my story. Um, and uh, it, they can people can find those books on Amazon. They can go to, um, or they can go to my website, you mm-hmm. know, and Boy Preacher is available and Friends of His Presence too. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Alejandro, I know that uh, you know you've spent a lot of time in Australia. Like uh, during COVID, uh, when the lockdown happened, you were here for about six months, and you were on staff at New Hope with me, and uh, running our Wednesday night services and doing a lot of ministry. <laughs> yeah, we had a powerful time. <laughs> that was a wild time. Yeah, and then you decided to go to the US on a trip. Uh, for three weeks, yeah, and you got stuck over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us what happened. <laughs> well, you know, the Lord is the God of destiny, <laughs> and uh, sometimes you you just follow the destiny, follow the path and the direction, and sometimes you you know you get rerouted, and that's what happened. But mm. uh, the Lord uh, blessed us with a beautiful home over there in Orlando, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, we're committed to to preaching the gospel and seeing mm. revival in Australia. But mm. yeah, we got stuck because of uh, the border closures mm. and uh, the quarantine requirements. We couldn't come back. So, But we're just so thankful for our new hope for our church family mm. that we're mm. able to pack up our house and our belongings <laughs> and uh, put everything in suitcases and boxes. And we were able to uh, kind of close that chapter and, and resume our life in Florida. Mm. Now, one thing I'd love for you to share with our listeners is you know, on the theme of revival, mm-hmm. I've heard you speak on it many times, and it's inspired me. It's uh, fired me up uh, hearing you s- speak and just watching the way you pray for people. And, uh, you know, you- you're always challenging people to press into God for revival. Uh, but there are different definitions of revival uh, around the world. What's, sure. what's your teaching that you like to bring? And, and, and is Australia uh, a candidate for revival? What- what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I believe it. I believe God has given so many prophetic words about the revival in Australia. Mm. And I know some people are very discouraged 
especially where things are going right now. Mm. And I can tell you one thing. God will never do something based on the world's circumstances. In fact, God will always take advantage of a crisis and turn it into a revival. Yeah. And I think the hearts of people right now, more than ever, they're ready to hear the gospel. Mm. So for me, revival means awakening. It means, you know... Almost like a, a spiritual awakening of a nation, of a city. You know, it doesn't have to do with just a church event or an outpouring. There's t- two different definitions. You know, an outpouring is something that happens locally and where the Holy Spirit manifests his power, where you have healings and miracles, and you ha- you have it in a local church. That's an outpouring. Revival is more, uh, you know, it's bigger, it's larger in, in outreach, you know. Um, you, you can have a revival in a city, you can have a revival in the nation, and, and that's what we've been praying for. Mm-hmm. I believe revival is coming. I've always said it. The Lord showed me this uh, vision a long time ago uh, before I came to Australia when I was in the Lakeland uh, revival mm-hmm. many years ago, back mm-hmm. in 2008. I saw the map of Australia. And, and, and God has always spoken about the fire as the element of the revival coming to Australia. And I don't know why, but it, it has to do with the fire. Mm. And that's what the Lord showed me back in 2008. I was in, in, in this meeting, you know, where Todd Bentley was uh, preaching. And the Lord took me out of the room and showed me the map of Australia and spoke to me about the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I saw the angels, you know, this was a, a really powerful vision. And I saw just the fire of God covering the map, and I saw salvations taking place, like thousands of people packing stadiums and uh, worshiping the name of Jesus. And I don't have a lot of friends in Australia. They normally, you know, they follow footy, and they post pictures of stadiums packed with thousands of fans, you know. And uh, and when I see that, I, I mean, I like sports, don't get me wrong, but uh, I, get, uh, I get the impression that uh, when I see those updates on Facebook, um, I just get this, like almost like a like a prophetic impression that one day, very soon, we're gonna see the same pictures, but we're gonna see thousands of unbelievers worshiping God, like Amen. listening to the gospel. You know, we're gonna see crusades, mass crusades in Australia. Amen. And uh, I can't wait to see that revival happening mm. here. Absolutely. And before we wrap up, uh, just a quick story as well. Uh, you shared that uh, you got on the plane uh, the other day and uh, you're upgraded to business class. Yeah. And you're going to have a snooze. Yeah. And then you felt a prompting from God to start sharing your faith. Tell us the story. <laughs> you never know what God can do uh, <laughs> through a divine appointment. You just got to be willing and be available. And that's what happened uh, last uh, Sunday morning because I just had two revival meetings in Melbourne. And uh, this uh, Sunday morning, I got up at 4.30 in the morning, went to the airport, had a 7 o'clock flight. So I was upgraded to first class, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to have a snooze. I'm just going to have a quiet time, you know, put my headphones on, maybe, uh, who knows, you know, eat something, uh, just enjoy the flight. And then uh, this guy sitting next to me, uh, he begins to talk, and we begin to talk, and then he turns out to be a chatterbox, so we started <laughs> You know, having this conversation, which is unusual. Seven o'clock in the morning, people, you know, they just want to be quiet. They just want to mind their own business. They don't want to talk to the person sitting next to them. But this guy wanted to talk to me. And the moment he found out I was a minister, he began to talk about religion. And he wanted to have a religious debate. And so God gave me the opportunity to engage with him and share the gospel with him. You know, I didn't want to have a religious debate. So I started just pointing him back to the cross, back to Jesus, back to the new covenant. And I noticed that he really felt guilty and he carried this almost like a legalistic uh 
uh, view on on religion. Like he had to be a, a good doer, and, uh, and then he was telling me about his past. He hasn't been a good boy, you know. Uh, even though he's been a, a businessman, very successful, he has houses here, houses in Melbourne, very wealthy man. But he was telling me about some of the things he has done, and and then I, I just noticed and felt in my spirit this guy has the wrong view of Christianity, just the wrong view of having a relationship with God. He thinks that God is, you know, uh, uh, you know, up there with a with a stick waiting to strike somebody, you know? That's kind of the judgmental view mm. he had of the gospel. Like uh, you have to be a good citizen, a good doer, and everything is works works works. And so I preached to him uh, just the message of the gospel, the, the covenant. But he was just raising his voice enough for me to have to raise my voice a little bit. It wasn't like we were shouting at each other, but uh, he was getting really excited excited so I had to kind of up my volume a few notches and uh, this is in first class and we are having almost this conversation to the point that the lady across the aisle is listening uh, two other guys Muslims are listening and they're all like you know talking and, and, and giggling and the lady turned around and smiled at me and gave me kind of the thumbs up maybe she was a believer I don't know but it was just a divine appointment it it, it was it was not ac- accidental yeah. I think God actually um, you know orchestrated the event and I'm glad because he got to hear the gospel and everybody else in that cabin got to hear the gospel too yeah and I just want to encourage every believer out there in Australia don't be afraid to share your faith God has given you a powerful testimony God has given you a powerful story and God has given you the opportunity to share the gospel more than ever people's hearts are ready to receive the gospel there's so much happening in the world we have the war in ukraine we have this uh, political chaos tension going on between china you know and and taiwan a lot of people are worried even we have the monkeypox we have Mm -hmm. you know the coronavirus pandemic still kind of lingering in the air people Mm -hmm. are still talking about it so people are trembling Mm -hmm. and the bible says that in the end times men would be trembling because of fear. So there is great fear out there. And I think this is a great opportunity for us as believers to capitalize on this message and preach the gospel. Absolutely. Well, it's been awesome having you in the studio today, Pastor Alejandro. Thank you. And of course, this Wednesday and Thursday night at New Hope at uh, Kelvin Grove, if you want to come. Uh, And then in Sydney on the weekend. uh, And if you want to find out more, search up Pastor Alejandro Arias. That's that's P.S. Alejandro, A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O, Arias on Facebook. You can find the itinerary. And uh, it's been such a blessing having you on the radio with us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.